everyone, it's Brooke, and you're listening to the Vintage Gardener Podcast, which is where I give you tips and tricks on gardening, particularly if you're like me and you garden in Southern New Jersey, which is in 7A. So guys, I have a wonderful announcement to make. I have hit 600 subscribers on YouTube, and I am absolutely thrilled. Um, I was hoping when I got to 500 that I would see the next increase come a little bit more rapidly. That didn't happen. Um, I really struggled to get through 500. <laughs> um, I'm not really sure what that is, but I wasn't, I at a certain point I was just like, oh wow, am I ever going to get to, you know, 600? I mean, is it, is it going to take me a year more or more to get to 600? I just wasn't sure, but we are here. We live here now guys. And so hopefully, uh, the push to 700 will, will, um, be a little bit easier, but I am not holding my breath for that one. So guys, today's topic is on hardening off your seedlings. If you guys are part of the gardening community on Instagram and Facebook, you'll know that everybody and their moms is starting to ask, when do I start hardening off my seeds and how do I do it? Now, most of the, I guess you would say conventional instructions are that you take your plants outside for an hour, you know, bring them back in, you know, the next day increase it to two hours, bring them back in until, and so on and so forth. And doing that will take you, I guess, between seven days to two weeks in order to do it. I do not do it that way. Um, there are two ways that I've hardened off. And so I'll go over my preferred method and then I'll go over a different method or a more traditional, a more traditional, well, traditional for me method. Okay, guys. So my preferred method of hardening off my seedlings is in a cold frame. You guys know that I like growing plants in as natural an environment as possible, which is why I like winter sowing and modified winter sowing. And so, uh, for me, you know, number one, I do like starting seedlings in my cold frame, um, because it's like, it's like, almost direct sowing them into the ground. So they did absolutely wonderful. Um, you know, they got very used to the temperature fluctuations between the daytime temperatures in the greenhouse, which could get pretty high. And of course at night with, you know, the greenhouse, or I guess I should say cold frame, uh, it doesn't give any cold protection. So then they would have, you know, they could easily have a, uh, 30 to 40 degree, difference between day and night. And that's what they got used to. And I just felt that it made the plants, uh, super hardcore. Um, sometimes what I would do is that if I was, if I started something indoors, um, as soon as I start, started seeing a couple of sprouts, I would immediately, usually immediately take it out and put it in the cold frame with the, um, with the humidity dome still on it. So the rest of them would sprout. And basically at night I was covering it with a blanket or something just to, you know, just to trap the heat. Um, using a cold frame is kind of nice because number one, a lot of times the windows are frosted. So you're not getting like necessarily glaring sun. Um, it is more protected from things like the wind, which will definitely dry things out. And once again, you know, you're still getting that exposure to the cold because the, you know, the, the cold frame isn't going to retain the heat at night. 
So um, if you're doing, you're going to use a cool frame, I would say get your stuff out there as soon as possible, as soon as you can to take advantage of, you know, the benefits that nature has to offer. Okay guys, so the second way is what I do when I'm like growing things inside. Now, I do mine a little bit differently for a couple reasons, because number one, um, I'm an attorney, I'm super busy, I don't have time to like run something in outside for an hour and run it you know, back in. The other thing is I have so many plants that if I was only taking things out for an hour, Basically, by the time I got everything out, it'd be time to put everything back in. And unfortunately, I don't have a rolling rack uh, to use. And even if I did, I'd, I, I would have to get a ramp to, you know, to get it in and out of the house. Um, so that's that. The other thing is that, you know, I, I've been starting my seedlings in this year in my dining room. Last year, it was in my petite salon. And so those rooms are on the south side of my house and they pretty much have like floor to ceiling windows. Um, and then on top of that, the dining room has skylights. So, and I have my racks directly next to the window. So those seedlings are getting, they're used to being in the sun. The sun, you know, is hitting those little leaves. You know, they're, you know, I have the grow lights because that's where they're getting, I, that's where they're getting kind of like the light lights so that they grow up straight. Uh, but you know, they're, they're getting, there's no doubt about the fact that they're getting exposed to direct sunlight. Um, so for me, I don't usually worry about the amount of sun, you know, exposure that the plant is get, getting. I mean, at this time of the year, the, the sun is still low in the ground. They're not, it's not like they're getting like the direct, um, you know, the direct overhead sunlight, uh, intense sun of the, uh, summer. We're still getting the angled sun of the spring. So it's just, it's not as intense. Um, so with things that I'm going to harden off, I do make a distinction between things that are perennials, hardy annuals, um, half hardy annuals, and then, uh, the tenders. So things that are perennial and or cold hardy, I try to get them outside pretty much once the temperature during the day gets to 40, that's when I put them outside. Um, and I put them out on my front porch because it's protective, protected from the wind and that sort of thing. I do actually have some shrubs there that kind of act like a windbreak. The other thing is that they're still getting the warmth from the, um, from the house. So I'll leave them out there. Like I said, once the temperature gets to 40. So I started hardening my stuff off. I want to say I started putting stuff out in February, um, cause some of the days in February were kind of warm, but you know, once I noticed that, you know, my thermostat was saying the temperature was outside was 40. And especially like if it was like, you know, 10 o'clock when I knew the temperature was supposed to get higher, I'd go ahead and put them out. And so sometimes, you know, to start off with those, those perennials and her, and annuals were getting like three to four hours, you know, of outside time getting wind, you know, that sort of thing. Um, the, my porch is on the East side of my house. So, you know, it was getting morning sun and that sort of thing. Um, and that's how I did it. Um, now lately we've had a cold dip and so, you know, when we have a cold dip, there've been a couple of days where the temperature really isn't getting to 40. So then I won't put them out. 
Uh, but like I said, once the temperature gets to 40, I'm pu putting them out. And I try to bring them in around four or five. I have tried to push it to get them acclimated to, you know, to cooler temperatures. Um, and some of them are fine. Like, you know, things like the yarrow and that sort of thing, they, they just, they're handling it just really well. Some of the other things that should be cold hardy, and I know they've survived freezing temperatures, like for example, the snapdragons for whatever reason, I don't know why those are acting that way because, you know, I've had, I have snapdragons and, you know, I've seen them handle, you know, light frost and they, it, it didn't kill them. So I don't know why they're behaving that way, but I'm being a little bit careful with them. So certain things like, for example, the trays that had the snapdragons, um, basil and that sort of thing, I'm bringing in, you know, come like four o'clock, I'm, I'm running out to get those specific things. Um, one thing you definitely should, I would, should buy is an outside thermostat because I can tell you in my town, whatever the official weather station says in my town, my property can be two, three, four degrees colder, you know? So, uh, the other night, I kind of damp. There's a couple of plants that, that have some frost damage to their leaves because, you know, whereas my watch was saying I was 47, I'm like, okay, that's fine. As soon as I walked outside, I'm like, oh wait, it's not 47. And my, my personal thermostat was saying it was like, oh, it's actually like, you know, 39. Um, so just make sure you do that. Um, I am definitely on the lookout for a outdoor thermostat that I can use that will basically come with an app on my phone so that maybe I can set my set it so that if the temperature goes to like for example 45 it'll alert me so I can go so that way I know so that way I can run out and, and pull um, everything back in um, so I did things on the front porch for a while you know while I was waiting for the temperatures to really really get up you know if I had a day where it got to the fifth you know, fifties, like, you know, high fifties, like low sixties, I would actually put them full out in the sun just to get as much warmth as they can. You know, that way that sun will like warm, you know, warm that root area because, you know, plants really start growing when they're, when the soil temperature gets to 50. And so, um, that's what I had been doing. Um, and then I would just bring it back in. Um, I do have some frost cloth. It's eight degree frost cloth, meaning that'll keep the, the temperature under the frost cloth eight degrees more than the ambient temperature. And I'm going to start, you know, doing some overnight training of some of the perennials and hardy annuals. So of course that's going to include making sure they're watered well, because, um, it, you know, if you're, if you have, your plants have to deal with cold in their slightly, I guess you would say dehydrated for less, lack of a better word, they definitely are more susceptible to cold damage. Whereas if they're well hydrated, they, you know, cause the water is filling up those cells. Like they don't usually, you know, have that. But like I said, I want to get some frost, I'll get, grab my frost cloth and start covering them. So that way, um, you know, if I have a night where it said it's going to be like 39 degrees, then I, you know, I'm going to try to put the frost cloth on it so that they can get used to those temperatures. Uh, but things like half hardy annuals, like for example, um, snapdragons shouldn't be hard, half hardy. Snapdragons just act weird. Um, they, they should be a lot more hardy than what they are sometimes, but who knows? Um, the other thing is like China asters, sweet peas, you know, that sort of thing. Um, those I might actually wait until like mid April to start 
hardening off. Um, oh, things like corn flour, bachelor buttons. Yeah, that's another half hearty thing that I would wait, that I would wait till April to start hardening off. And once again, you know, I'm going to put them on the porch, you know, for a couple of days, you know, and, or actually, or not, you know, uh, we've had some days where it's been in the fifties and I just put them directly outside on my back patio and they took the sun, you know, they, there's no sunburn, there's no sun issues. And so that's probably how I'm going to do it. Um, and then when it comes to things like tender, like, you know, the tomatoes, the peppers, you know, the squash and that sort of thing. I won't start trying to so-called harden that off until May. I'm going to wait until the temperatures at night are like 50. And then when I do that, a lot of times what I end up doing is like putting them on the north side of my house. And what, if I put them on the north side of my house when the temperatures are, are warmer, I will just, I won't even do it for four hours. I'll just let them stay out all day because they're going to get some morning sun. They'll get some sun right before the sun sets and they're fine. And, you know, I'll leave them like that for, you know, a couple days and then I'll pop them right in and, you know, they're fine. There's no, you know, there's no burn. So I'm um, at the end of the day, guys, use, you know, use some, use your judgment, use your common sense. You know, I, like I said, I do this because my seedlings in general are used to getting sunlight. You know, if I was starting my seeds in a basement where the only light was the grow lights, I would be a lot more, I would be a lot more cautious with what I was doing. Um, I'm not saying I would put them out for an hour and bring them back in. You know, I'd probably leave them out there, but I would definitely be making sure that it was on the, you know, the north side of my house. I might, you know, put some frost cloth out there because the eight degree frost cloth, which is like the thickest, also blocks, blocks, I forgot what percentage of the sunlight. I think it's more than 50%, but just so they can get used to natural light in general. Um, so anyway, guys, that is how I do it. Um, if you guys do a different way, I would love to hear it. I'm always, you know, always looking for a new and better option because that's what gardening is all about. It's all about experimentation. Um, so guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, I hope to, that you guys will join me in the next episode. Um, I don't know that I mentioned it, but I do want to do a live call, um, call in show. I wouldn't want, like to do it for March 28th, which is next Tuesday. And I'm going to put an announcement on Instagram so that I do not forget. And we'll go from there. It'll just be a question and answer session. So any gardening questions that you have, I will be ready and waiting um, to answer them. So guys, the podcast can now be found in three locations. So we have Podbean, which is the host. Um, you can also get it from iTunes, the po Apple podcast store. And then now YouTube has a, I guess, a podcast store. And so I put one of them, made a playlist designated as a podcast. And so you'll be able to see it. Now, obviously the YouTube one, you know, they're thinking people are going to be doing like an audio visual podcast. Obviously I don't do it that way. Um, if you guys have seen the podcast on YouTube, you guys will know that it basically is, it's an MP4, but basically it's text and there's just a static picture. So that's what you're going to say. Um, but Three different ways for you guys to access the podcast and you can listen 
you know to it as you as you see fit so guys thank you so much for joining me and i will see you guys in a future podcast or i'll see you guys in the next video on youtube thank you for listening